We are the Marcelin Brothers, and this is the Marcelin Brothers Podcast, MBP for short. We are here to share our story and to contribute our thoughts about everyday topics in life. Time to sit back, relax, and get ready for the MVP attack. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Today is October 6, 2019. And if you are listening or watching, you are listening or watching to the Marcelin Brothers podcast. MVP, it has been a long time since we've last spoken to each other. We are in a new month. We are in fall. Seasons are changing, but it's still hot in South Florida. But it's good to be back on the air. It's good to be able to see all the beautiful faces on YouTube. It's great to be able to be able to communicate with on my MBP crew. So I am glad to be able to share another current events talk with each and every one of you. Been a lot of stuff that has gone on since the last time we spoke. I'm trying to think highlights, highlights, highlights. I think we spoke about my vacation with my beautiful family. That was something that happened. But I think since then, some big things that have gone on are ended up going up to Georgia for a little trip, came back. That was a good time. I think I did talk about that during the last podcast. So maybe it hasn't been as much of a time that I thought. But this past weekend was a good weekend. Looks like we're going to have a new addition to the family with regards to not our personal internal family, but some more extended family. So my brother-in-law just proposed to my future sister-in-law. So we are definitely looking forward to introducing them to the family. So it was good times, great fun. And, you know, today we did some hanging out, an opportunity to have a guy's week and with brothers-in-law. So that was good times. But, you know, we're back at it for another episode. So I think some of the topics that I want to discuss on this current episode, we're going to talk about some finances. So a couple of topics that we're going to be talking about on this episode are going to be 529 savings plans and also financial independence. So finance has become one of my more passionate areas of interest within the last few years. And I think a lot of this is because in order to be able to have a comfortable type of lifestyle, finances is something that is important for us to be able to get a better handle on. So I think two of the topics that I'm going to be talking about today will help elucidate some myths. It'll answer some questions and hopefully it will provide for a better outlook when it comes to us as our MVP crew when it comes to look at finances. So before we go further into this podcast, I have to make sure that I do show this disclaimer. And again, I am not a financial advisor. Please do not take any of the information that I will be speaking upon this podcast as actual legal or financial advice. This information that we will be talking about today is more from an educational and more of a more of a storytelling type of thing. So please don't take this as actual information, but just take this as enjoyment. Take this as just listening to 
you know, good conversation, but do not take this as actual formal financial advice. So one of the periodicals that I do subscribe to, I get emails from this company is savingsforcollege.com. So I get an email, you know, once every couple of weeks. And the name of this article that I want to share with you guys is entitled Families Are Saving More Than Ever in 529 Savings Plans. So first off, just to give a little bit of background on what a 529 plan is, 529 plans are going to be a type of savings plan, a tax advantage plan that allows for individuals to contribute finances to college students for college type activities. The reason why these plans are important are that families are able to contribute finances, you know, gives money into an account. And when you use these gifts, these finances in the special 529 plan, the growth in the 529 plan is able to grow you know, without any type of penalty. They grow tax deferred and they are tax free if you are able to make any type of expenses if they're withdrawn for specific educational expenses. So this is good when we have a goal in mind to be able to save for going to college, anything that has to deal with education, college, monies in this 529 plan are able to grow tax deferred. So when you put monies into this account, usually you will be investing in some type of mutual fund or index fund. So anytime that the market goes up and these funds end up going up in worth, Generally, there are going to be taxes that are involved if it wasn't in the special 529 plan. But because it is in the special 529 savings plan, the growth in this account, you are able to not have to worry about paying for the taxes of these growths if you are able to, at the end of the day, when you're going to be having expenses if you do use it for college reasons. So an example of this would be Hey, I'm saving for tuition for Ophelia. I put my money into the 529 savings plan. Time for her to go to college. Tuition bill comes into the mail. I pull out, you know, the tuition costs from the 529 plan account. I pay it. Boom. No taxes on the growth. I don't have to worry about paying some sort of penalty to the IRS. I don't have to worry about paying anything extra because that is in the special 529 plan. So the goal of this is to be able to use monies, letting them grow and not have to pay taxes, because we all know that in the United States of America, anytime that you do make money, there is going to be Uncle Sam who is looking at getting his cut. So when we are looking at the 529 plans, this is one way for us to be able to put money in there and we're able to not have to worry about paying for taxes. So that's a little bit of the background on the 529 plan, maybe in a future podcast, we can go further into what the 529 plan is, but that's just to give the background. All right, so this article was written by Catherine Flynn, and it was written on September 27, 2019. The College Savings Plan Network, CSPN, not ESPN, 
for our sports fans, but CSPN. So the College Savings Plan Network recently announced that the total 529 plan balances have reached a record high of just over $352 billion with a B dollars. The total number of 529 plans has, accounts has risen to $14 million. 529 plan assets reach record highs. As college costs continue to rise, more families are using the tax advantage 529 plans to save for college. Earnings in a 529 plan grow tax-deferred and are tax-free when they are withdrawn to pay for qualified educational expenses, including $10,000 per year in private K-12 tuition. So just a sidebar, so this is not just for college, but this can also be for private tuition for kindergarten to 12th grade seniors in high school. So you can actually pay for those as well. All right, back to the article. Many states encourage residents to save for college with 529 plans. Over 30 states offer residents a state income tax reduction or a state tax credit for contributions to a 529 plan. And a dozen of states offer matching 529 grant contributions. So, okay, sidebar. So this part is interesting because, again, depending on what state you live in, you may have extra incentives in addition to just the opportunity for your growth in these accounts to go tax-free. So if you happen to work or you happen to live in a state that has a state income tax, certain types of contributions may be able to help you deduct from your total income tax responsibilities when it comes to that state. So that is kind of like a you know, double dip. You know, you get your tax deferment, things are tax free, and you may be able to decrease your taxable income in that. I live in the, I unfortunately live in a state where there is, well, fortunate or not fortunate. I think for the most part it's fortunate, but for the specifics of the 529 plan, I do not get any special state tax credits. But for states that do have income tax, this may be something that will help you decrease your taxable income. Total 529 plan assets as of June 30, 2019 were $352 billion, up 7% year over year. The total 529 plan accounts grew to $14 million, up 3% since June 30, 2018. The average account balance increased 6% to $25,615. So let's think about that for a minute. So the average account balance is $25,615. So again, a lot of that just depends, you know, for the monies that you are saving, are you saving these monies for a student who will be going to in-state tuition, in-state school? Will this be an out-of-state school? Will this be a private school? So $25,615, you know, if you're going to a state school, that could cover all of the expenses that you need for tuition, at least, for those institutions. So I think that's pretty good if that's what the average is. You know, at least you'll be able to take care of the actual tuition piece. Now, of course, you're going to have your room and board piece, but, you know, hopefully we have more time for those funds to grow. All right. So more details with regards to what we found in 2019. What it says here is that the largest 529 plans include the largest advisor sold 529 plan is Virginia's College America 529 plan was $66.4 billion in assets and 2.3 million accounts. The largest direct sold 529 plan is the New York 529 College Savings Plan Program, the direct plan, with 
$26.8 billion in assets and more than 879,000 accounts. And the largest prepaid tuition plan is the Florida's state Stanley G. Tate prepaid college plan with $12.6 billion in assets and 513,000 accounts. All right, lack of awareness about 529 plans. Although 529 plan usage is rising, families are still not saving enough. In fact, less than 18% of children under the 18 years of old have a 529 plan account. Experts agree that this is low figure due to a lack of awareness of 529 plan and their tax benefits. A 2019 study from financial services company Edward Jones found that only 67% of Americans could identify 529 plans as an educational savings tool. Students without college savings will likely end up with too much student loan debt. Parents should aim to at least save for one-third of the total projected college costs and cover the remaining two-thirds with income and student loans. A student's total amount of student debt should be less than what they expect to earn during their first year out of college. So that's a pretty good rule of thumb to think about. So again, these are you know, recommendations. Of course, these recommendations may not actually come to fruition, but these are at least some tips and goals that parents who are listening to this should think about when they are starting to have the conversation with their children about what do what can we afford for college what are some things that would be able to help you start off on the right foot because it's a juggling act you don't want too much i mean you want to give the opportunity to be able to go to school but you don't not want your child to be starting off in school with you know six figures in debt and they're already drowning and they haven't even been able to make their first paycheck. So that is something interesting to take a look at. All right, back to the story. Parents who use other types of accounts to save for college, such as traditional savings accounts or mutual funds, miss out on the potential tax-free compounding offered by 529 plans. Over a third of our children's cumulative 529 savings will come from investment earnings if they start making contributions when their child is a newborn. The earlier you save in a 529 plan, the less you will have to contribute in order to reach the same goal. So again, that's a pretty good piece to take a look at. So when you're looking at your 529 plan, again, this 529 plan is going to be, if you're looking at trying to save funds for college, you're going to have a, this is a plus if you're looking at 529 plans. If you're just saving money in, you know, from your pay account and you just put into a savings account, you know, you're not going to have that money using compounding or significant compounding interest to be able to make money from the money. You think about your traditional savings accounts, you know, they may have, you know, 0.5, you know, 0.75, you know, if you're getting up to one or two, that's crazy. But when you're looking at these 529 plans, you not only have money going into account, you have the opportunity to be able to make money based off of what invest vehicle that you're using. And then again, you have that tax-free compounding effect that you're going to be able to have from the 529 plans. Even if you put money into a savings account, if you do have a savings account with you know, a fraction of a percentage, you're going to have to pay taxes on that fraction of the percentage. So again, using the 529 plan will help. And especially if you're starting as soon as a child is born, you have potentially 18 years of compounding interest to be able to make more money. So that's where that's where they're saying here that, you know, a lot of the tax free compounding effects you will get when you end up being able to use the 529 plan. So this is something that you're going to be able to have.
that you won't have for a traditional savings account. If you look at a mutual fund and a brokerage account, yes, you do have compounding interest, but again, you have to remember, this is going to be into a brokerage account. So anything that is made, you're not going to have any type of tax savings. You're not going to have any type of special tax advantage support from this because you're just going to have to pay monies based off of what you end up making. So that's why the 529 plan is so important. All right. So the next part of this article says, how much can you contribute to a 529 plan? Almost anyone can contribute to a child's 529 plan, including parents, grandparents, uncles, aunts, and friends. There are no annual contribution limits and contributions up to $15,000 per donor per beneficiary qualify for the annual tax gift tax exclusion. Each 529 plan has an aggregate limit, which is based on the cost of a four-year degree from an expensive private college in the state where the 529 plan is administered. So for example, New York's 529 plans have an aggregate limit of $520,000. With super funding or a five-year gift tax averaging, 529 plans can be an effective estate planning tool for grandparents who want to leave an educational legacy. Contributions up to $75,000 per donor per beneficiary are excluded from gift tax if the contribution is spread as if they were made over a five-year period. This allows married grandparents to potentially shelter $150,000 per grandchild from their taxable estate while retaining control of the 529 plan funds. However, if a grandparent revokes the funds in the 529 account, the assets will be added back to their taxable estate. Parents and grandparents may also fully fund a child's college education with one large 529 plan contribution. Taxpayers are not subject to gift tax or generation skip and transfer tax unless their total gifts that do not qualify for the annual exclusion exceed the lifetime gift and estate exemption of $11.4 million. So the last part of this article essentially is saying that if you are using 529 plans and you want to be able to give, uh, you're able to give up to $15,000 without having to worry about being penalized underneath the annual gift tax inclusion. So this is something that is good if you're trying to have different shelters of where your money goes without having to worry about paying taxes on this. So that is something that some individuals will use as a tax avoidance tactic. And then again, with being able to use 529 contributions, it's a great way for you to be able to give money. You don't get in trouble for it as far as being penalized with regards to taxes. And the beneficiary is still somebody who is in your family. So those are some legal ways to be able to do that. So at the end of the day, you know, the article is over, but you know, I think that 529 plans are definitely great tools that we can use to be able to do something positive when it comes to our children when we're, or our grandchildren or, you know, children that are in our family that are trying to better themselves from an educational perspective. So this is something that I want to make sure that my MVP crew is aware of. So as you start planning for college, realize that you do have opportunities. There are special funds you can look at that allow for you to be able to maximize your savings, uh, maximize your tax tactics, and again, be able to help benefit somebody who is in need of these special gifts. So I hope you guys enjoyed that article. So that was number article number one. The next article that I want to 
read to you guys and discuss are going to be from Market Watch. This is an opinion article, and the name of the article is I Followed the Path to Fire and Learned that Early Retirement is the Wrong Goal. And this was written by Chris Mamula, and this was written on the 1st of October. So, first off, you know, I want to make sure that people are aware of when I say FIRE, what that means. So, the FIRE movement stands for Financial Independence Retire Early, and it's a movement that has gained traction on to, you know, the major, the major stage now. I think this is something that lots of people have talked about, and essentially what the, the points of the FIRE movement are, you know, I make a lot of money to be able to not even I can't even say a lot of money. I want to make sure that I am able to make money to the point where I am able to take care of myself, not have to worry about a steady nine to five, a W2 type of job where I have a boss that I need to you know, clock in and clock out. I essentially can live life independent of a boss. And with that. I can retire early and do whatever I want to be able to do with my life. So that essentially is how some people will categorize the fire independence retire early movement. But we're going to read this opinion piece and hear a person's perspective who is underneath this fire movement. So with that being said, the growing fire, again, that's the fire financial independence retire early movement is frequently pursued with zeal under the assumption that retiring in order to escape unfilling jobs is the path to happiness. The sooner we get there, the better the thinking goes. But sometimes that makes us less happy, at least for a while. I experienced this in my own quest for early retirement, and I discovered that this is a common experience for others as well. That only changed after we learned to focus on appreciating the progressive security and freedom that you will gain on your journey to financial independence. Many people reading this are capable of saving more than the commonly recommended 10% of your income. Doing so would enable you to become financially independent long before the accepted retirement age, but it can be hard to do something so out of step with those around you. Stories from the FIRE community can have the opposite effect. The most dramatic stories tend to draw the most attention. Some people report saving upward of 70% of their salaries and retiring as early as their 30s or even their late 20s. These stories can be inspirational as well as illuminate lessons and principles that can be applied to your own finances. Creating a new normal can be incredibly powerful for those looking to change their financial future. Unfortunately, this can also lead to a different Instead of trying to keep up with the Joneses, I started to compare myself to others seeking to achieve financial independence and retire as quickly as possible, leading to regret over mistakes that I couldn't go back and change. Another challenge was becoming overly focused on early retirement as nirvana. I felt I the need to retire early. Then I could be happy. I became overly focused on money, believing I needed to save as much as possible to retire as soon as possible. Rather than gaining the freedom I desired, I led myself into a different trap. I was trying to live up what I believed to be other people's values and expectations rather than my own true being. What I and others have discovered is that early retirement is often the wrong goal. Instead, we need to start with a completely different construct. Rather than focusing on future goal of retirement, we should focus on financial independence. Similarly, it is easy to view financial independence as a dichotomy. 
you are or you aren't. Instead, we need to understand that financial independence is a continuum. We start to gain freedom and power the instant we make a choice to pursue it. Getting your net worth to zero begins to give you options. Most people go through life with debt from credit cards, student loans, credit cards, and other consumer debt. On top of that, the largest expense for most people is housing, with a rent or mortgage payment due at the end of each month. For many people, the next paycheck has already been paying for past decisions. This is a restrictive way to live, leaving little freedom to those to choose the life you want to go moving forward. Getting to zero is an important step to living a happier life because it gives you options. Starting to accumulate even small amounts of wealth can provide feelings of peace and security. When things go wrong, as they inevitably will for all of us, you're in a position to handle them with far less stress. Rather than waiting until becoming fully financially independent when your assets will support your spending indefinitely, you can progressively exercise your increased freedom to live a better life. Maybe you want to stay at home, be a stay-at-home parent, or have both parents cut back work while the kids are young. Instead of waiting until full retirement, you can start fitting in work around your life while you are in a position to enjoy it rather than trying to squeeze in life around work while delaying gratification until retirement. Others may choose to start a business they would otherwise be afraid to launch or switch to a lower paying but more rewarding career. Having several years of savings enables these types of decisions that would seem too risky for many people on the standard path through life. My wife and I incorporated these strategies in our life. Getting out of debt quickly allowed us to pursue work opportunities we enjoyed and had potential growth rather than having to go for the highest paying positions when getting started. As we progressed in our careers, we used the power of our growing financial independence gave to improve work conditions like negotiating more vacation time in place of pay increases. A big piece of finding happiness on the path to financial independence is to set the right goal. Conventional wisdom is that retirement is the ultimate financial goal. The commonly accepted definition of retirement is that you stop working. It is difficult to find a retirement planning commercial or brochure without a couple walking on a beach or a group playing golf. But is that what retirement has to be? And will that bring us into our happiness? Or will that just introduce new challenges and stress into our lives? We can redefine retirement. Becoming fully financially independent allows you to completely dissociate work from earning money. Instead of focusing on retiring early to escape jobs and lives you don't like, you can focus on pursuing financial independence so that you can create a life, which often includes outgoing work that you love. My wife cut back to part-time location independent work after the birth of our daughter. A few years later, I left my career to completely be a stay-at-home parent, blogger, and writer with no idea how much or even how I would make any money. We both continued to work, but our lives could not look or feel any different than they had before we understood the power of our level of financial independence gave us. We have the things we wanted from retirement. These include more time with our daughter and one another, the ability to get outside and pursue hobbies we are passionate about while we have our health and simply having the space in our lives to be present with others. This is possible, this is possible without the feelings of scarcity and uncertainty that can accompany traditional retirement. Retirement can be a time of leisure if that is what you choose, but key is realizing that you get to choose. Freeing ourselves from both the need to work for money and the artificial construct of what retirement is or should be allows us to lead more impactful and rewarding lives than we previously realized were possible. So, 
that is article number two. And we, you know, possibly MVP, you know, just let me know if you want to hear more specifically about what the fire movement is and specifics on how to get to that point. But the purpose of this article is more to help us think about and understand, you know, we all have goals in our work lives and we all have ultimate goals in our personal lives. And specifically with this fire movement, you know, it all, I think the stressing that a lot of people have done is they stressed on the retirement early piece. When we do think of retirement, you know, what do we think of? And that seems to be this pie in the sky type of goal that we all have. And even the article says it, you can't, whenever you talk about retirement, you can't help but see on the different commercials, individuals who are leisurely, they're walking around on the beach, they're playing golf. And that is the portrayal of what retirement is. But, you know, one, what is your thought process between retirement? Why is retirement something that is so, so many of us want to try to be able to achieve? You know, is it retirement itself? What is it about retirement? Is it the opportunity to not work anymore? Is it the fact that you don't have a boss anymore? Is it the fact that you can live your own life and you only have yourself to answer to? So if those are the things that are attractive about retirement, well, is there something that we can do currently that will allow for us to be able to have our cake and eat it too without having to worry about being in retirement? So what I'm saying is that, is there a way for us to be able to have monies? Is there a way for us to be able to have an income, but also have those fun things all encompassing into one? And I think that is something that as American society, maybe that's something that we need to take a look at a little bit more. You know, is there a way for us to be able to be happy in the position that we are in now? And I think that's why a lot of people envy people who are retired because they want to get to that point because maybe they're not happy with the careers that they have chosen or maybe they're not happy with the specific jobs that they're at. So is there something that we could do currently while we are working that helps us have that type of information? So that's one thing that I want to leave with the group. And then number two, you know, I think the point for the whole financial independence retire early is, again, instead of focusing on the retirement early piece, why don't we take a look at the financial independence piece? This article discusses how when an individual who does not have to worry about where money is coming in every day has an opportunity to be more bold in career paths. They talk about in this article how know, the author and the wife ended up wanting to cut back from full-time work to part-time work and to call their own shots on the environment that they want to be able to work in. And I think for the normal nine-to-five, 40-hour-a-week person that is dependent on money because they're living paycheck to paycheck, you know, there are certain things that you may want to do, but you can't afford to do or mentally you're afraid to ask for because you are so dependent on that job. And again, this myself included. If you are financially independent, you may be able to have more risk. You may be able to call your shots a little bit more because you're not worried of what the repercussion would be. And 
if you are able to call your own shots, you know, maybe you don't find it in one, this one particular job, but maybe you'll find a job that is okay with those type of demands because of the skill set that you have. So being financially in, independent, you know, meaning that you are able to support yourself without having a, you know, nine to five type of job, perhaps you're able to live off of investments, perhaps you're able to live off of savings, whatever vehicle you have, you know, that is something that you can use to call the shots uh, if you want to go back into the workforce. And when you have that type of freedom, it allows you to be bold in the things that you do. And also another thought with this whole financial independence, retire early movement is, you know, maybe the goal is instead of working full time, being done, and then being away from everyday work, maybe financial independence could allow for you to be part-time or, you know, if the stress that you had in wanting to retire is because every single morning you were working up at a certain time, you didn't have any time for yourself, you did not take time off, then maybe you can find a gig or a situation where you don't have to work as much, you're more part-time, you have an opportunity to be happy doing what you want to do. So from that standpoint, yes, you may financially be independent. Yes, you may be able to enjoy yourself and vacation and do the things that you need to do. But at the same time, you don't necessarily have to worry about living off of solely your 401k or your 403b or your retirement funds and be stressed out about how the market is because you're still having money that is supporting yourself. So everything else is gravy. So that's something else to think about as well. And that's something that you can do when you're financially independent. Now, for me personally, I, you know, I myself am interested in this fire movement and I am someone who is looking at look, doing some of these principles so that it'll allow for me to be able to not have to retire at the, you know, quote unquote, normal retirement age of 65 or 67. You know, for me, you know, I do think that there is something to being able to enjoy your life, being able to not work until you're 65, 70. And in the latter stages of your life, you know, you've been wishing and hoping to do certain stuff. And when you get to that point, maybe physically you're not able to do so because of, again, how you are with your body or, Perhaps cognitively, you're not able to do the things that you thought you would be able to do because of just what 40 plus years of what work can do to you. So for me, you know, my goal is to try to have enough of a savings amount so that I can choose what I want to do for my next career, whatever that is, enjoy life, travel, but also stimulate my mind and be able to choose opportunities for giving to the community and also be able to find that with perhaps being financially compensated for that as well. So I think, you know, both of the other brothers in the MVP crew have similar aspirations and perhaps those are some topics that we can discuss for some of the future podcasts. So with that being said, I think that was an diff- interesting article and I want to make sure that it gives you something to think about as well. So it's been 35 minutes, you know, let's summarize a couple of conversations that we've had 
just to make sure that we're able to have some good points to think about until the next time that we meet each other. So article number one, we discussed the 529 plans. We discussed how 529 plans, it seems that the information is being spread and that individuals are using 529 plans to their benefits. Again, 529 plans are going to be plans that are tax advantaged. If used properly, you are able to use money inside of these accounts. You are able to use these monies and not have to worry about paying any taxes on the growth and earnings if you do use these for qualified expenses. And it's one of the best ways to be able to save college for any type of expenses that are there. And the other ways of saving for college, such as having a general savings account or maybe putting money into brokerage accounts, you do have to pay some taxes because the government's going to want their hand in that. So take a look at 529 plans. Also try to invest in these plans very early on so that you can use the magic of compounding interest to your advantage. And again, don't forget the tax advantage pieces to this plan. All right, and then the second article again that we talked about was an opinion piece with regards to the FIRE movement. Again, the FIRE movement is going to be the Financial Independence Retire Early Movement. And I think what sums up this article is try to focus on the financial independence piece, focus on what financial independence can do for yourself as an individual, what can financial independence do for your family, how can that change your outlook? And don't just focus on the goal of retiring because of things that you don't like in your current situation. If there's a way for you to be able to have your cake and eat it too, you know, can you find something in your field that you actually do enjoy? Can you find, and maybe it's not in your field, can you find something outside of your field that makes it happy? Is it the 40 hours a week? Is it just the stress of deadlines and it's something that is just not you when you initially went into your field? Is there a way to be able to have a career so that you don't feel like you have to retire because you want to get away from it and you can enjoy what you're doing and not have to worry about relying on your pension funds or relying on your taxed, your actual retirement funds and be afraid of how the stock market goes. If you're able to delay when you retire because you enjoy it, then maybe that's a good thing. But again, remembering that instead of focusing on the retire early piece, focus on what financial independence can do for you. And if that is something that's important, then focus on that so that you can call your shots. You're able to have your kick and eat it too with being paid for something that you enjoy to do, but at the same time, not feeling forced that you have to do something that you don't want to do that for the most part will make you want to retire so that you're not having to deal with the things that you're dealing with at work. So again, those are the two articles. MVP, I want to say thank you again for listening to an awesome, awesome, awesome financial peace talk. Again, this information that I shared should not be considered as financial advice. Again, I am not a certified financial planner. Just think of this again as information that you're listening to for your own viewing and listening pleasures. 
with that caveat, thank you again. If you would like to listen to stories like this or other stories, please make sure you reach out to me. You can contact us at awesomebrothers at gmail.com. You can find us on any type of platform that you can listen to your podcast. And we also have a YouTube channel on YouTube. So look for us. We are at Marcel Brothers Podcast. So look for us there. And with that being said, Marvin and Christopher, you know, they're working hard right now. They're doing what they need to do to serve our patients. So they are looking forward to joining the podcast very soon. So they definitely send their regard and they're looking forward to hanging out once again with the MVP crew. And again, to my people, thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy it. Please, please, please leave a great five-star review because you like this podcast. And feel free to put comments on the feedback piece and let us know what different things you want to talk about on the future episodes. So that being said, it is Sunday night. Tomorrow's Monday, so I got to let you guys go so I can get ready for the week. But thank you again for another awesome episode, and we will check you guys out later. Thank you again, MVP crew. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Marston Brothers Podcast. And remember, do work and make a difference in somebody's life.